Hi, it's Tiffany from Talk Tea Speech. Welcome to the podcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Talk Tea Podcast. This is episode nine, and today I'll be answering some questions that were posted on my Instagram for a Q&A. If you're not already following me on Talk Tea Speech on Instagram, go ahead and give it a follow, please. I have about 600 plus posts all about early intervention, parenting things, baby things, grad school, Uh, So yeah, I will see you over there. In the meantime, we are going to be talking about some questions that you had in the Instagram Q&A. The theme of a lot of these questions seem to have to do with being in grad school, doing clinical placements, and then also figuring out how to not burn out while you're working in early intervention and trying to balance family life, friendships, and home life. So we're going to be talking about all of that And I thank you for asking these questions. I think they're all really important and things that we all deal with, whether we are new students or we are new SLPs and even just being a parent and trying to balance everything, you know, if that's even achievable, all of that we're going to talk about. And thank you so much. Thanks for listening. And here we go. Okay, so starting with the grad school theme, someone asked, what were my clinical placements in grad school and how it brought me to early intervention? So I did not have any placements in early intervention. My three placements in grad school were uh, one, public school, two, private practice, and three, skilled nursing facility. My first placement was at the public school, and that was the longest placement because at Seton Hall, we do a one full year in a school setting. So that was the longest placement and that was probably my least favorite one. I don't know if there was just a disconnect for me because we were working with these kids, but we didn't get to talk to their parents that often. You know, it's so different from what I know now in early intervention where you see the parents every single week and, you know, you're able to talk to them, be in the home so you know exactly what's going on and you can piece things together more easily of, you know, why is this child doing this a certain way or, you know, why are they using this type of language? I think it's easier to put the puzzle pieces together when you can see more of a full picture. But at the school, you're only seeing the child while they're in school and you don't get to meet their parents unless you're doing a meeting. Yeah, so the school just really wasn't for me. It just depends on what you like. And for me, I didn't love the type of therapy. It could also be because I've always just enjoyed working with younger kids, which brings me to my next placement, my private practice placement. And that is probably the most similar to what I do now. I like seeing kids one-on-one if I can, being able to talk to the parents after. So this private practice placement was great. I loved being in the office and seeing the kids and being able to um, really talk to the parents and get an idea of what's going on, address their questions, and really work together as a team. I also did enjoy having a range of clients. And even though I love working with the younger kids, once in a while we would have an adult client come in and maybe we would work on cognition or voice. So that was all all really interesting as well. And then finally, my final semester, I worked at a skilled nursing facility. And I think I've spoken about this before, but as much as I enjoy working with the geriatric population, it was very 
emotional and difficult to see people suffer. When you're working with early intervention, you are setting kids up for success. But when you're on the other side and you're working with the elderly, it can get very sad. And I think that it's important to give them quality of life and assist with their feeding and swallowing and cognition. But I think for me, it was just a little heavy. And I know other SLPs who absolutely love it and are amazing at it. And it just wasn't for me personally. Um, Maybe one day it did work per diem during my first or second year as an SLP. I did do some per diem work in a skilled nursing facility, but again, it's, it's heavy and uh, yeah. So of all those placements, public school, private practice, and skilled nursing facility, how did it get me to EI? Um, I think I just really, like I said, enjoyed working with that younger population. I enjoy seeing progress and I enjoy being able to get to know families and their dynamics at home and how to put together all of these different pieces to make everyone's life at home more Uh, joyful and smooth. And when all of these pieces come together, you know, your, your family life and being able to balance that with your child's communication, I feel like it just makes everything easier for the entire family. I also really liked that flexibility of being able to make up sessions as I wished, because in a public in a public school, you don't always get to make up sessions. And here in EI, I really liked that I could kind of like be my own boss and just figure out the schedule with the families that I was working with. So that is one of the major things that I love about EI. That kind of brings me to the next question, which is how to balance between home life and work life. So, you know, I think that it is difficult to really have true balance because there are times when work will take the priority and then times when your home life takes priority. I don't think it means that you can't have both, but I just think that it takes some time management and figuring out when you're going to allot the time to your work and when you're going to allot it to home. And this, you know, I have a personal story to share with that. I was feeling pretty burnt out with doing all of the mom stuff at home. Uh, I get these small windows of time when my daughter is napping. And so she'll nap for maybe an hour, an hour and a half at a time. So in that time, I feel like I'm rushing to make sure the laundry is done, do the dishes, maybe prep a meal. And then I'm also wanting to do stuff for this podcast to prep things for talk to film content. And so when I only had an hour at a time overall, like two or three, well, eh, probably like, yeah, like three hours in a day to get all of that done. And I think that was really stressful. And my husband, Joe, he noticed that I was feeling overwhelmed. And so we put together a plan where at the top of the week, we both look at our schedules and we schedule things. So before we had my daughter, it was just whenever I had free time between doing early intervention sessions, I would be filming content, making content for Talk Tea, doing, um, you know, all the house stuff. And now it just has to be more regimented because if I don't 
schedule things and plan things out for when I'm going to, uh, I don't know, go to the gym, cook, film content. I need to have that in my calendar blocked off because it's not like it used to be where it's just, oh, okay, I have an idea for something. I'm going to film it right now. Now it, you know, of course, Olivia, my daughter takes priority. And so as long as I can figure out how to manage my time and be like a team with Joe to figure that out and rely on whoever I can to help me out with what tasks I need to be done. That's how I can get things done. I don't want to be half in the house and half in my work. I want to be able to have dedicated focus to one thing at a time. Otherwise, I just am a mess. And then I'm doing things like half, I don't know if I could even curse on this thing, half asked. (laughs) The other part is I think knowing that when you're at work, you're at work. So I used to do my early intervention sessions, and then I would take all of my session notes home and finish my session notes when I was at home. And then I was like, you know what? This is not sustainable long-term. I need to learn how to write my session notes, even if it's stressful with maintaining a conversation with the parent while the toddler's climbing all over me, while they're like digging through my bag and my purse and all of that. I needed to learn how to do all of that because it was just way too much time taken at home if I didn't finish all of the work while I was doing a session. I think as much as you can do your work when you're at the office or when you're seeing a child at home or whether you're at a school, wherever, if you could do as much as you can when you're in that work setting, then when you go home, then you can feel like, okay, now I'm home and now I'm going to focus on home stuff and family stuff. There was another question in the Q&A that just said burnout tips, question mark. So that goes along with what I just said, really just having dedicated focus. You're not like in one foot out. I, I like, what's the quote? Like you're not in one foot. What's the quote? <laughs> okay. Forget it. I, I, I can't remember the quote. I'm sure you can remind me and let me know what that quote is. But yeah, really. So having that dedicated focus. And then, I mean, I know this is cliche to say, but self-care, doing things that you want to do. So maybe you need to take that time to go and get a pedicure, get a massage, get a facial, go for a walk. You know, it doesn't even have to be anything that requires money. Just moving your body getting outside, even just ordering a meal that you really like to eat, baking something that you like to eat, spending time with your pets. Find those pockets of time where you can spend time with your family and just have fun. That will all make it better so that you're not feeling guilty when you're with your family and you're not feeling like, oh, I should be working. Or when you're working, you're not like, I should be with my family. I don't think that guilt is totally unavoidable. Maybe it is for some people. (laughs) It's kind of hard for me. But as long as you know that you have dedicated times to different tasks and different priorities in your life, I think that will help with all of the burnout and feeling that pressure to balance it all. Oh, okay. Next one. It's so similar. Balancing school with family and friendships. You know what? I'm going to tie that one in with grad school pressure and how to cope with all of that. Grad school is 
definitely a lot and it's a lot of pressure and it's a lot of work and a lot of hours. You're there every single day for long hours and it is something that is difficult to balance. And that's why I, when you are in grad school, I don't think that balance is something that needs to be strived for. I think because it is a temporary time in your life, I think maybe the best way to view it is like, this is not forever. This is just a season in your life. And if you can just dedicate yourself fully to these next two to three years on working hard, learning what you need to know to become an SLP and a professional at that, I think it's really um, the key just knowing that it's just a season. And I feel like that's like the same thing with like postpartum life. It's kind of that same theme. Like, okay, this is temporary and this is really hard, but it's not going to last forever. So as much as you can just um, embrace that little bubble that you're in right now, because no matter how hard it seems, grad school is, it, it can be really fun, you know? Um, well, <laughs> I don't know, maybe I'm getting extreme with saying that it's fun, but I made my best friends there and we spent every day together just constantly talking and laughing and studying and crying. So you go through all of these emotions. Um, But where was I going with this? It's just temporary. And that's the same thing, like I was saying, with postpartum life. It's a season and you know, um, I had my daughter six months ago, but it's, it already feels like a totally different time than like the first three months. And I think just embracing it, no matter how difficult it is, that is what will help you through. And just really fully being in the moment of that. When I was going through my postpartum stuff, Joe was just reminding me, this is the only time when Olivia is going to be so tiny and need us for everything and we're just home and in our little bubble. So it's kind of like that where now I look back on it and I'm like, oh wow, that really was a special time. Even though I was like in a robe all the time and a complete mess and learning how to breastfeed and it was really crazy. But I look back on it and I look back on it fondly. And that's how I look at grad school too. As stressful as some of the days were and the nights, um, I look back out I look back at it now and I'm like, okay, that was actually, you know, nobody gets anywhere without struggling. And that's how we grow again such a cliche, but you do grow through all of that and you can't learn or make progress without these experiences, good or bad. There was a second part to this question. Did I ever feel the pressure with student loans and how to cope with that? And yes, I did. I know that grad school is very expensive, school in general, just very expensive. And I think as I was going through it, I was thinking, okay, I can always go and make money. As long as I get my degree, I can go and make the money. And now, I mean, I see how it can be unrealistic if you are taking out all of these loans. And especially in speech, I think there's a big conversation of speech therapists needing to be paid more. And so there is a lot of pressure there. And I definitely feel for anybody who is going through all of that and the hardships that student loans can bring. So I think 
if you can uh, get the student aid, financial aid, I'm not the best person to come to for financial advice. I should probably have my husband, Joe, come on here and talk about all of that. Uh, He is a financial advisor and he really coached me through everything. When when we first met, I was um, finishing grad school and I wish I had met him before that so he could help me figure out and how to manage my money. Uh, But maybe I'll have Joe on here so we could talk about all of that. So in the meantime, I think that is something that's a very valid concern and pressure. But if you can figure out how to get some financial aid, maybe write down what your expenses are. SLPs get different salaries just depending on what state you're from. So I'm not sure where this listener is from. So it's hard for me to even talk about this because it just varies so much. But I think the key takeaways here are that it's totally normal that you are feeling that pressure of student loans and how much it all is. But I think maybe just have an idea of what your expenses are, what your financial goals are coming out, and then maybe take a look at some jobs that are hiring right now and see if that seems like it's reasonable. I mean, I mean, I, I feel like this advice is all over the place because maybe you're already in grad school. So me telling you now to see to tell you if this is a realistic career for you, it just doesn't, it just wouldn't be right for me to do that. Um, but I think if you're already in school, just know that money can always be made and you can always make your reality what you want it to be. There's always a way. All right. So as I was talking through all of these questions, there are more questions that I have that I think I will put into another episode just because it seems like the theme of whatever I was talking about just now had a lot to do with grad school and burnout and balancing. So I think we're going to stick with that for this week. And then next week I will come back and record more about EI must haves for that and Um, I'm looking at another question here. What do I do if a child doesn't listen or want anything that I present to them? (laughs) So we'll go deeper into those questions next week. I hope this episode gave you more insight into balancing different things with grad school, home life, family life, friendships, and all of that pressure that we all feel to balance it all. I will be back next week to answer more of your questions from the Q&A. Thank you so much for listening again. Happy New Year. I wish all of you a great, happy, healthy, joyful New Year. If you like the podcast so far, please go ahead and give it a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, whichever one that you listen to. New episodes of the Talk Tea podcast come out every Thursday. So thank you again for listening. I really, really appreciate it. If you're looking for more speech content, mom content, baby content, all of that is on my Instagram at Talk Tea Speech. I'm also on Facebook, but it's just a terrible platform. <laughs> so that's not one that I update too often. Um, so Instagram, my website, TalkTeaSpeech.com. And yeah, I will see you on the next one. Thanks so much. Yeah.